Hi, and welcome back to the Mob Mentality Show. I'm Chris Lucian, and my co-host is Austin Chadwick. And today, uh, we've got a, a topic from Austin, uh, that, uh, and he's going to kind of lead the way on this, but it's the um, it's kind of leadership styles in uh, Top Gun. Uh, it's the new movie, right? Not the old one. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Well, so uh, yeah, what, what are you thinking there? You know, teaming and, and styles, and then uh, maybe we can have a fun conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, so the the context a little bit is uh, me and my wife watched uh, Top Gun Maverick, which is the newer one. Uh, I haven't seen the old one in a really long time. Um, and we, we haven't seen a lot of uh, contemporary movies, but we saw that one and we really enjoyed it for one. Uh, and then what stood out to me, it kind of like hit me as I was watching it a little bit. But then the days after I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I noticed three different leadership or teaming styles in the movie and i felt like it really applied uh to teams teaming mobbing ensembling quite a bit and um yeah so i guess without further ado i'll, I'll just kind of jump in uh to the styles i saw i mean uh is you know you don't need to know a lot about top gun but if you do it'll add a lot of uh, a lot more uh meat to what we're going to say today or talk about but uh, the basic idea is a team of pilots uh, had to do an impossible mission and they're training before they do their mission. And it's a bunch of pilots and their co-pilots with a bunch of planes going into this uh, very difficult mission where they have to destroy uh, something and get out of there without losing their lives kind of thing. And uh, I noticed three different styles in it. Um, and I felt like you see a lot in teams and kind of the corporate software development, product development world. And uh the first one, uh, so I guess the three styles are off the three different people in the in the film, which was Maverick, of course, because the movie's about uh, Warlock, who is one of uh, kind of the trainers, and then Iceman. Uh, and so I guess I'll start with Iceman, and uh, this is kind of how I see you, Chris. Uh, you're you're <laughs> often the Iceman in in our organization, um, and so he uh, in, in this movie. So in the first movie, he was more of like a pilot, but in this movie, he was like a C-suite person, like very high up in the chain. Um, and he had, uh, as far as teaming and leadership style, he wasn't like super involved moment to moment uh, as the team was preparing for this mission, but he was kind of mentoring or coaching the coaches and kind of pulling strings, you know, kind of in the background. Um, and I think I've heard uh, the way Woody put it before, so to speak, stacking the deck, right? And so... Um, he he had a strong opinion about uh, the, how the mission should be done, and it, he he you know kind of thought it should be done in an or, un, 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 unorthodox way, if I can say the word. <laughs> um, and it was very uh, countercultural, and so he kind of put someone in place to help it go that way, and supported this person even though like he was getting you know uh, scrutiny from the rest of the organization, and so. Uh, you know, so I feel like successful teams often have this position uh, for success, <laughs> someone yeah. kind of supporting it from the the higher levels. Um, and I don't know, have you have you seen this pattern before, Chris? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so there's there definitely, um, you know, I, I think you might have like a grassroots movement, right? And a bubble. And often those those sorts of things can get squashed for one reason or another. Um and so I think, you know, typically there has to be, you know, somebody that, that may be unseen even um, that is just supporting the continued existence of, of some, some initiative along those lines. 
Um, and so, you know, I, I can see uh, a lot of of possibilities uh, to that. Um, and so that might be somebody higher up that uh, maybe supports uh, lean or agile or whatever in an organization that uh, maybe doesn't have a lot of agreement from their peers, right? And then and then supporting it and allowing it to grow or or uh, you know those sorts of things. Um, I think fostering the diffusion of innovation without um, without introducing the fear of following a path, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, and I think you you saw it with the early uh, origin of mobbing uh, that you were involved with. With right, you know, there was someone in power making sure it wasn't squashed right (laughs) and uh also kind of that mentoring aspect like there's one point in the film where uh iceman was mentoring maverick when maverick was like at the point of woe and giving up right and so uh you know and i remember uh you know having you or people like that to go to who are kind of supporting it from a, a higher level but also to give guidance uh when the times are tough, <laughs> right? They're not actively working with the team every day or even actively like, you know, holding training seminars necessarily or anything, but just there to uh, kind of keep keep things going and uh, let it get getting stop from getting squashed. Um, yeah, and then the other one that occurred to me was um, uh, one of the kind of trainers who was like an experienced uh, pilot. Uh, his call name was Warlock uh, in in the movie. And uh, this really resonated with me kind of from like a, a training from the back of the room style. Uh, so they would, they would, you know, he would do active training. He would do active guidance. Um, he wasn't like, you know, high up in the chain or anything. Uh, so daily involved with the team, but more from like a teaching perspective. And then the team would go and do, right? And so they would go practice the mission or go do the mission. And so Warlock wasn't flying with them in their training sessions or flying with them in the actual mission. But, um, you know, so so it reminds me of uh, how I've seen some people's styles and some, I think, kind of camp out more with this, with their teaming and mobbing, is that they won't actively um, maybe do the work, like, you know, actively navigate as much or um, that kind of thing. But they play a critical role in helping the people doing the work do the work better. Right. Um, And uh, yeah. And um I think it's a it's a good mix with Iceman, and uh, I don't know. Have you seen any flavors of that lately? And in, in your uh, wandering about the mobs, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, so first, I'll ask. Um, yeah, uh, was was Warlock uh, only in? Was Warlock providing real time feedback when watching a mission happen, or uh, was Warlock only giving like class? uh you know classes related uh information because i think that's an important point yeah you know and people who know the movie well might correct me here on this one because i've only seen it once (laughs) but my memory is it's almost like he was radioed in you know so like during the mission or during the training sessions where they're flying the planes he was radioed in and so could talk to the the pilots right yeah but wasn't like flying next to them or, you know, flying in front of them kind of thing. Um, So it was kind of, uh, yeah, radioed in and then active teaching during the like classroom sessions, so to speak. Yeah. So that (laughs) that might be just like bringing training trainings into an organization or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, more classroom style stuff. I I think also if there's like, um, 
maybe a lost practice or something due to turnover or something like that. Like everybody might get together and, and teach or a piece of information that's infrequently used, but, but necessary, then there might be something like a video on it created. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that documentation that slowly goes stale, like that sort of stuff ends up, uh, being a little bit in that place, but, um, but, you know, th then there's definitely like in the mobbing sessions, because I, I think there's like the maybe like salmon style, salmon style coaching, right? Uh, the mobbing coaching versus, um, you know, being in and out of context. So if I drop into a mob, I might, I might see some behaviors and be like, Hey, just to, as a reminder, this is, this is a thing that could be useful in this scenario. Um, so like the soft sell of, of an idea, um, you know, so, so I think about like soft selling ideas and like minimal context intervention. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a hard thing to master and can be frustrating to people if if the wrong information is offered because you you know if you drop in and have no context and volunteer a suggestion that can be offensive to people. And so um, you know, getting being good at having little context but being asked for help and then and then um building up only a minimal amount of context to provide a non-offensive uh useful piece of feedback uh that might be maybe where my head's taking me with it yeah exactly and i think uh, yeah he definitely gave feedback all throughout to uh the team and even live on the fly so it's almost like when you you kind of buzz by a team that could be like the analogy of radioing and saying like hey you guys are about to do a thing Remember you, this, please. Or, you, you don't you know. want to be the team seagull, right? Where you fly over and creep <laughs> all over everything. So, exactly. Uh, so yeah. So th I mean, there's a fine line between being being a seagull and uh, or uh, a pigeon, I guess, or whatever, or um, <laughs> versus like actually being helpful. And I think you know, I, I've definitely had failures in that area before, and then I've I've had successes. And I think over the years, I, I think. It, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like a, almost an art really of like, you know, um, less of a science of, of saying like, okay, I think I have enough information to chime in now, but not taking up too much time building context. Yeah. And I, and I think I've seen, I've seen you do that. I've seen you do the Iceman. I've seen you do the Warlock and, uh, you know, so you've been Val Kilmer before, you know, <laughs> there you go. Hey, all right. <laughs> and, and when you've done the Warlock thing, I, you know, it's kind of like that short, term coaching or to that short-term feedback and we've talked about it before too like oh yeah this was the impact of when you said this or that and then left you know because you know if yeah. i was on the team after and so it's it's good to for even warlocks to get their feedback right from uh the, from their style so that's good um yeah and i think just kind of going into the last style uh the maverick style uh yeah a lot of points here um in that you know, you look at the journey, uh, if I'm remembering the movie correctly, right, is uh, he was very experienced in his whole career. They were trying to push him into high level Iceman or Warlock uh, styles, uh, training and teaching and leadership. But it just never really seemed to fit, at least as the, the story plot line goes. And he was actually pretty good at it. Like he was kind of the Warlock uh, teaching from the back of the room style for a lot of the movie. Um, but uh, spoiler alert, uh oh, you know, spoiler alert uh, for at least not like the final scenes in the movie, but for part of it, uh, he goes, he kind of goes uh, off book and just joins the team. <laughs> and uh, a lot of really cool things happen from it. Um, and so I think kind of what happened was, uh, 
you know, the the Warlocks and the Icemen were setting certain objectives that the team was unable to hit, right? Um, so maybe a corollary to software engineering was like, hey, you're in legacy code and it feels impossible, write some unit tests, you know what I mean? And the team was just unable to hit to the objectives, right? Um, yeah. And so what he did, I think before they like killed the mission or fired him or something, is he just proved that it could be done. So he went in there, you know, did the mission, at least the mission that they couldn't, the part of the mission they couldn't do. And then from then, then on, it was like, okay, this is possible. Like you can unit test this code, you know, and like the software example, or in the mission, it was like, oh, this mission, you know, you could navigate this course and get to this spot on the map before time ran out. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I thought that was one real key part of it is sometimes you need a teaming or leadership style to show what's possible because it's just the team just doesn't know, you know, yeah. or thinks it's impossible. And so by demonstrating like, look, here's this really nasty piece of code. Let me navigate for a while and show you exactly how you can get this under test. Um, and um, so I thought that was one really cool piece of it. Um, you know, demonstrating what good looks like. You know, there were moments in the film where he was self-sacrificial for the good of the team um, and uh, would teach them things while they were doing it. And uh, I guess for Maverick himself, it was like a, a natural lean to, to kind of be in that role. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, have you, have you, uh, any thoughts on Maverick? Have you been Maverick? You know, it's, it's yeah, uh... <laughs> well, I, I've definitely seen the situation of like, I don't know if this is possible. And right. it's like, Oh no, you know, it absolutely is like here. Um, there's a fine line there between giving the solution away. Right. Right. So, so I think in the example of the movie, you have, you have something where, it, you know, he can't give them the answer. He can, he can just, you know, do the flying himself. Right. And then, and then people are like, wow, I, you know, you've blown my mind. I, I didn't know you could do that. Um, and then somebody has to go in and do it themselves. And, you know, they have to have some minimum level of skill with code. Uh, it can often be a problem because if you do that, then people will be like, oh, let's just use his code. Um, <laughs> and then, and then that, that might be what, uh, you know, Aaron likes to call learning theft, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. you give, you give too much. And then all of a sudden everybody will never remember it. And they'll come back to the same problem again and get stuck again. Um, and so, uh, I, I like, uh, you know, but but I've I've definitely had this where um you know I, I was uh, talking to a group of uh, Unity developers the other day and they're like oh yeah we have all these private methods we can't write unit tests around them and I'm like oh well, you know here's how we'd use reflection and you can call those private methods but you should only do that in your tests and and there's some nuance there because Unity has these weird uh, inheritance problems but um, the the point is is like no one even thought it was possible to do and so um and, and so it was just like a oh you know you can do that and then all of a sudden a world of possibilities is opened um and and people willing to struggle again so so i, I think that's where, where it's like somebody will be about to give up on a path um and the right path right they'll be about to give up on the right path and uh, and just that little knowledge that like someone else has done it um is uh is like super important and I guess that that makes me think about, um, you know, we have we have prioritization on our teams and we talk about known unknowns and unknown unknowns. And so you you get a known unknown. And uh, we often talk about known unknowns and solving them with spikes. But uh, I think a really interesting thing is that I've clarified to people in the past was like you have known unknowns of 
you don't know the syntax, right? You have known unknowns of uh, like, you've never done it before, but somebody in the department has done it before. You have known unknowns of you've, the, the company's never done it before, but another company has done it before. And then, and like, that's almost where Google is right now with ChatGPT and Bard, right? It's like, we know OpenAI did it and we have, we, we know we can do it. And so they've, they've made like a cultural push or whatever, a, a, a paradigm shift to then really push on the, that technology. And then, and then you finally have like the, uh, we don't know how to do it. And we don't know of anyone else who's ever had known how to do it. And uh, those, a lot of those things end up just not getting done. Um, and so if you can bring something in, from the category of, I don't know anybody who's done it to, I know somebody who's done it, um, then motivation goes through the roof. So I, I, I think that that's like a big piece of it where it's like, you're about to lose all hope or, or abandon a, a, a path. And, and so sometimes that's all that's necessary. And, and I think it's important sometimes to leave it at that like hey i just showed you that you can do it you know so you should continue to try to learn to do it rather than just mm. dumping the answer on them um and i think that's the difference between like uh the school of hard knocks and um and learning theft uh versus you know and, and there's a piece of grit to it too because like very gritty people will continue trying to do something that they don't know of anyone having done before but eventually they will give up once the the grittiness runs out right yeah yeah exactly and i think you're right um we i think we did an episode that touched on i do we do you do and i'll, and I'll post on the show notes but i think if if this maverick style is done where it's just i do and then run away <laughs> or yeah. i do i do i do i do i do then then you're right then that can turn into learning theft and in the in the context of the movie that actually wouldn't be good. Like the mission needed six planes to be able to pull off what he just did in the, the training session, right? And so um, so he had to do that. I did it, we do it. And so he taught them how to do it side by side. And then um, and then when they needed to do it in the real mission, they could. And so I think, I think you're right. So whether it's, you know, coding, unit testing, you know, how to have interpersonal conflict, how to mob in general, like, oh, mobbing, that sounds ridiculous. You might need someone to step in and show like, oh, here's how you do it. And then let's do it together. And then now you can do it kind of thing. Um, and it was story splitting as well. And uh, yeah, one other thing I would want to tie on is I think if you're looking at it from a thousand foot level of an organization, it's almost like you need all three of these roles, whether formally or informally, um, because the plot of the movie, I think, lines up with what I've seen in the uh, product development world is that just one operating alone uh, usually doesn't go well. <laughs> so, um, you know, so Maverick without Warlock and Iceman, uh, it would have gotten squashed. Um, there were a few points where everyone was trying to squash it, uh, what Maverick was trying to do, and he needed the support from higher up. And uh, and Iceman operating alone, there's no one to do it, right? You know? yeah. <laughs> Just edicting it doesn't make it happen, right? Um, you need someone showing how to how to do the do the good thing at the lower levels uh, and et cetera. So yeah, yeah. Any other uh, thoughts on this uh, a little uh, tidbit of Top Gun leadership styles? <laughs> no, no, uh, it was a, a great topic. So good idea, Austin. And yeah, thanks. All right, all right. Well, uh, yeah. So what? What if you've seen the movie or not? Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and more. And in, uh, you know, uh, whether just on the movie in general and what leadership styles, or if you've seen this uh, flavor of leadership styles play out, 
when it's worked well, when it's worked not worked not so well. And uh, yeah, mob on everyone and uh, have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye, everyone.